Hey, Pastor Tim here. I want to welcome you to week two of this living room version of Phoenix Bible Church. I'm in my house. I imagine you were in your house, and uh, I'm glad we get to be together virtually, digitally, as we engage in church together. And really, just even as we dive into this, that's what I want to challenge you in is to engage actively. Um, One of the deficiencies of sort of this online version of church is we could kind of treat it like how we watch a show or a movie, and we could watch something on a screen and sort of sit back, relax, and expect to be entertained. And what we know is church doesn't really work that way, is that we're Ephesians 4, we're equipping the saints, you, for ministry. And so you are the church. We've been saying that over and over. We don't go to church. We are the church that's more true now than ever. And so the way to to be the church is to actively engage during this time. And so we have uh, designed liturgy for you to walk through and uh, even this week added stuff for your kids and youth and to engage them. We're inviting you to sing uh, together, to to give uh, and worship to God. And so you can give online financially and uh, ask uh, discussion questions and walk through those. So I would just invite you to lean in, grab a Bible and actively engage during this time. That's the way you're going to get the most out of church and what we're experiencing right now. And uh, today we are not going to experience the book of James. If you're new, we've been in a study in the book of James. We're going to pause on that. And I really felt uh, called by God, compelled by God this week to share some special things with you about the unprecedented times we are in. And so we're going to take a break from James for now. And the message title for today is actually this. It's unwavering trust amidst unprecedented times. And here's the reality. We are in unprecedented times, right? These are different times where many of us, there's a few things that we're all experiencing right now that you are experiencing right now. You're experiencing a disruption. We talked about that last week, a disruption in your plans. And many of you are experiencing displacement. And because of that disruption and that displacement, we're all experiencing a little bit of a disorientation. Anybody felt that with me this week of just disruption and plans? Like I had all these things I was going to do. We had all these plans as as a church that that were disrupted. Uh, I had all these plans with my kids. This is spring break for our family. It's hard to believe that. I don't even remember that this was supposed to be spring break. Uh, other than my kids are in my house, uh, that reminds me. But just all the plans we had to go uh, do something fun and go to town for spring break, we're not doing. Our plans have been disrupted. Uh, I've been displaced. I'm in my house working from home. Many of you have been displaced. Maybe you're even not able to go home right now because you live overseas. My wife works with international students. That's their predicament that they're in right now. And so all, all of us in different ways, your kids aren't in school. They're displaced. Uh, Our plans have been disrupted. We are displaced. That leads to disorientation. And that leads to one of two responses, typically. Disorientation leads us to a place of panic and fear and anxiety. I know many of us are experiencing that right now. Just real life in our church, people are getting ready to have babies. They're getting ready to get married. Uh, They are looking for a job. They were hoping for a promotion in their job. And they're wondering, okay, now all of that's been disrupted. What happens? And you're anxious and you're in fear. And many of us feel that. Many people in our world feel that. And then on the flip side of that, uh, many of us, we experience disorientation and we move to denial. We just act like, hey, it's all media hype and COVID-19. What is that even really? And, and we're all going to just get through this. The best is yet to come. And maybe if we don't think about it, 
it's not a real thing, and we just go to denial. And you need to know that both of those responses aren't helpful, and they really aren't biblical. That amidst a crisis, amidst unprecedented times, they were really called not to anxiety and not to denial, but to unwavering trust. And that's what God is, is calling us to, specifically as the Church of Jesus Christ in these days. And so I imagine for a lot of you, you're thinking, okay, Tim, great. I would love to have unwavering trust in this time. I've thought about this in this uh, unprecedented time we're in. I see a lot of people saying, Christian or not, they're just like, oh, don't worry, just trust. And I think, well, that sounds really good. And maybe you think that sounds really good. How do we do that? And so I want to give you today three ways we can have unwavering trust during unprecedented times. Three ways we can do that. So if you take notes, our first point of how to have unwavering trust is gritty prayer over polished presentation. Gritty prayer over polished presentation. We're going to start out looking at Psalm 42. So grab a Bible, pull it up on your phone and head there with me. Psalm 42. We're going to read the first eight verses. So read along with me. It says this, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How would I go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with loud shouts and songs of praise, praise a multitude keeping festival? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By the day, by day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. The first thing you notice as you look at this psalm is it might be familiar to you. In fact, many of you may have seen as a deer pants for water around a coffee mug. You may have sing, sung a song about that. And we kind of think of it as the deer panted for the water. We think of it as this sort of peaceful song and psalm. But if you actually look at it, uh, it's pretty chaotic, kind of like the times we're in right now. And you see that as you see the psalmist's language. He says, as the deer pants for flowing streams, my soul thirsts for God. Why do you pant? Why do you thirst for water? Because you don't have any, because you're dry, because you're lacking, because you're in need. And so this sort of peaceful, quiet psalm really is this sort of anxiety ridden. There's, there's fear, there's chaos around this person. He wants water so bad he's panting for it and thirsting for it because he doesn't have it, right? And if you look at it, his language as he continues, verse 3, look at that verse. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. He's basically saying, hey, instead of eating actual food, I've just been crying. I've just been crying out to God in sorrow for my situation. You continue. He, he says he's pouring out his, his soul. This is raw emotion. He, he talks about his soul being cast down. Literally, that means depressed. His soul is, is cast downward. It's, it's depressed. He says that several times, and he's just 
He's just raw and honest, thirsty, panting. God, where are you? I don't experience you. I don't feel you right now, but, but I need you. And listen, some of us, we feel like that right now. But, but notice who the psalmist is talking to. He says, when shall I come and appear before my, my God? He says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. And, and, and he goes in procession to the house of God. He says, hope in God by day, the Lord. And so he's being raw. He's being gritty, but he's being gritty and raw to God. See, here's what I know is many of us will be gritty with other people. We'll be gritty online. Come on. But we won't be gritty with God. Right, right now, maybe amidst the COVID-19 and everything you're experiencing and your kids are at home and you're, you're a homeschool teacher and you never thought that would be part of your life. Right. Or you're, you're trying to work from home and you never thought, like, how am I supposed to navigate all these things? Or you're not sure about your work or you're not sure about what the government's saying and what you're hearing your friends say. And, and you got all these thoughts and you got all these raw emotions and maybe your soul is cast down in the midst of all that. Maybe you're just lonely because you don't have family and you, you don't have roommates. You're just quarantined to your house alone and you have all these feelings. And what do you do? You pick up the phone, you call somebody else or you complain to your spouse or you go off on your kids and you get really gritty and raw with the people around you, or you just go on Facebook and you post all your thoughts for the whole world to see and they're gritty, but you're not gritty with God. And see, God is the only one powerful and loving enough to do something about your situation. You should be gritty with him. We can be gritty with him. Like we see that from the psalmist and and he's going to God with all these things. I think of Job. Maybe some of you are thinking, hey, what if this all keeps going? What if this doesn't end in a few weeks? What if it goes on months? And what if everything gets taken away from me or us? There's a guy named Job in the book of, uh, in the book of Job in the Old Testament. He was in that spot. Literally all of his things got taken away. His kids got taken away. His health got taken away. His possessions got taken away. But what you see with Job, he gets gritty, but he gets gritty with God. He complains, he cries out, but usually he's talking to God because God is strong enough and he's loving enough to do something about you, your pain. See here, when we go to God with our grit and our pain and our raw emotion, our fear, anxiety, we go to God, we talk to him as we're panting, as we're thirsty for, for something that's not there. And we go to God with that. We have a strong God, a loving God who can actually do something about it and form us in the process. That when we go to God, we involve God in our pain. He grows us in the midst of it. You think of James chapter one. We went through this several weeks ago in the book of James. How does it happen? Trials come in our life. They produce steadfastness and that steadfastness produces maturity and completeness. And it's almost as if we can't have maturity and completeness without the trial, but in James 1, what, is, what do we do with our trials? We count them all joy. We ask God for wisdom. We involve God in our pain. We go to God with our gritty, raw emotion, and we involve Him in it, and He brings about maturity and completeness. There's an author named Samuel Chand who wrote a book called Leadership Pain, and he says that's exactly the way it works. This is actually how we grow as leaders. He says it this way. He gives us a little math equation. He says, growth equals change, change equals loss, loss equals pain, so inevitably growth equals pain. That this is actually how we grow is through the pain. 
but we have to involve God in it. So first question that you should be asking as roommates, as friends, and your family is, how do I feel? Second question, have you told God that? See, again, here's what I know is a lot of us are walking around and we're anxious and we're doing projects around the house and we're fearful and we're blowing up at our kids because we're, we're fearful. But we haven't stopped to, to assess Am I fearful? Am I anxious right now? And we definitely haven't taken the next step to say, God, I'm anxious. God, I'm fearful. Hey, God, I'm thirsty for you right now. I'm not sure where that next glass of water is going to come. And I'm crying out to you for that. I'm submitting these fears and anxieties. I'm not sure about my job and my 401k. I'm not sure about my wedding that's upcoming. I'm not sure about this baby we're about to have. I'm not sure about all these things. And, And just assess like, this is how I feel right now. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I'm insecure. I'm worried. And God, I give you all those things, right? That's how we have an unwavering trust during unprecedented times. We have gritty prayer. And so we would all do well to assess, are we, are we having gritty prayer in our life? Are you talking to God about how you're feeling? Second point, if we want to have unwavering trust amidst unprecedented times, we need to have foxhole friends over casual networks. Foxhole friends over casual networks. Here's what I know in this day of social isolation and social distancing is we still have social media, right? And social media is great and it can be a gift, especially during this time. But here's what it can do is it can make us think we have friends when we really just have casual networks, and a lot of us, we, we have a lot of casual networks, particularly in this time, but we don't have foxhole friends. And some of you may be thinking, well, take, well Tim, what's the difference between casual network and a, a foxhole friend? I think of two examples in Scripture, Luke 5 and Exodus 17. Luke 5, it's where the guys carry the paralytic to the house where Jesus is, and they can't get in the house because it's so full. And so what do they do? They drop him through the roof. They lower him down through the roof and they bring this guy comfort and strength and they walk with him in the midst of a difficult time. Right. And then I think of Exodus 17. Moses is holding up the staff of God as Joshua fights this battle and the army of Joshua and God's people fights this battle. And the way the God's people are going to win is as Moses holds up his staff, but he starts to get tired and he needs help. He needs some foxhole friends. So what happens? Aaron and her come alongside him and they do two things for him. They give him a stone to sit on. They give him comfort, but they also lift up his hands so he can hold up the staff when he cannot himself because they're foxhole friends. They bring comfort and they bring strength. That's a foxhole friend. That's how you have unwavering trust amidst unprecedented times. You need some people like Exodus 17 people, Luke 5 people who bring comfort and strength in the midst of a difficult time. Right? And, and that's what helps us have unwavering trust. I know for me, the other day, I, I, I had some, some ups, but also had some downs. I had some ups of like, okay, online church, and, and this is how we're going to do church in this season. And I'm really excited about all the different opportunities this season creates. And, and my mind started rolling on all those things. I started getting excited about the opportunity for the gospel to be proclaimed and, and people to be changed by the gospel during this unique season. But then a few hours later, 
disappointment started to creep up and I just started to feel my soul being cast down like this psalmist in Psalm 42. And so I called one of my foxhole friends. I was taking out the trash and I called one of our elders and we just started talking about things. And you know what he did for me? He gave me comfort. He gave me a rock to sit on like in Exodus 17. And he also gave me strength. He lifted up my hands when I could not. He gave me comfort in saying, hey man, it's got to be weird to be a pastor during this time. And I know that's hard to kind of try to meet everybody's unique needs in this time where you can't even be around people physically. He gave me comfort. He said, hey, we're with you no matter what through this process, no matter how crazy it gets. But then he also gave me strength. He said, but, but Tim, you know, you, you're built for strength in crisis. I mean, just look at the way we started Phoenix Bible Church. Look at how we got evicted from a school a couple of years ago and surrendered that to God. And he provided a, a church building. And, and he says, hey, you're built for this kind of moment. And now, personally, I would like to not always be built for crisis. I don't, I don't want that attribute just personally in my life. But hearing that, he brought comfort and he brought strength because he's a foxhole friend. And I was able to trust God more in that moment. In an unprecedented time, I had an unwavering trust. How? Because I, I mustered it up, white knuckled it with my strength. No, I had some strength from somebody else. And again, here's what I know in this kind of time as I'm describing this. Some of you are thinking, well, Tim, that would be nice. I'd like some foxhole friends in my life. How do I, I get that? And what I would say is that's the wrong place to start. The, the place to start with foxhole friends, to have an unwavering trust, is not how can I get friends like that, but how can I be a friend like that? How can I call somebody else and bring strength and encouragement in their life? How can I go to my neighbor's house? I heard of somebody doing this and drop a note in the crack of their door with my phone number and just say, hey, do you need anything? And they could call them and pray for them or go grab groceries and social distance, but drop it off on their doorstep for an elderly neighbor. Uh, just yesterday, my wife's birthday was yesterday, uh, a coronavirus birthday. It was a different birthday, um, but it was so amazing. A, a foxhole friend in our church came and brought two things that were both encouraging and brought strength and comfort for her. She brought flowers, which was very nice, but she also brought toilet paper. Come on, somebody. She brought toilet paper because she's a foxhole friend. Right. And so we need those kind of people in our life, but we need to start being those people. And here's the distinction that you need to realize in this moment that we're in COVID-19 is there's a difference. There's a key distinction between self-isolating and self-preserving. Right. And we are self-isolating is a great thing to do. Self-isolation is great. That's loving right now. But self-preservation, that's not who we are. We can call somebody. We can reach out and pray for somebody. We can, within a safe distance, serve those who are in need. We are a light in the midst of a darkness. The love of Jesus is still moving, and it should move more than ever before. And so we need to not just ask, how can we get friends like that? We need to be friends like that because we are the church. And so the first uh, question you need to ask with Foxhole Friends is, how can I be one of those people, not who can be that person for me? Last point. Passionate faithfulness over excitable flash. Passionate faithfulness over excitable flash. As we seek to have unwavering trust amidst unprecedented times, we need some passionate faithfulness, not just excitable flash. 
You see, in this moment that we are in, I've seen a lot of people uh, come out with a little video or or just a pithy statement of like, we're going to get through this and the best is yet to come or positive, encouraging K-love. And listen, optimism, positivity, hopefulness should mark the people of God. But it shouldn't just be in a flash. It should be sustained, passionate faithfulness. Right? Because here's what I know. A lot of people that, that have flashed, like saying a lot of those things, a week and a half later, they're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it with these kids in my house. Man, I don't, nobody ever taught me how to be a homeschool teacher and I can't understand. And they're, they're freaking out and they're like, man, are we ever going to get to go outside? And I'm like, people, we are a week and a half into this. Like, calm down. And what we're seeing is we need passionate faithfulness, not excitable flash. And what I love about, I mentioned Job earlier, in Job 23.10, you see some passionate faithfulness. You see Job, in the whole of chapter 23, really the whole book of Job, you see some of that gritty prayer that we talked about, but you also see a verse like Job 23.10, after he goes through all of his doubts and his insecurities and his frustrations, you see Job 23.10, he says this, but he, that's God, knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Job says, hey, I got some raw emotions. I got some fear, some anxiety in the midst of my loss and my trial and my pain. But at the end of the day, God knows the way that I take. God is faithful to me so I can be faithful to him. And at the end of the day, as I'm tried, I will come out as gold. I had a mentor say to me one day this, he said, as a pastor, what if the question wasn't so much about metrics, metrics and success and butts and seats and budgets and attendance and all these things. What if the question wasn't around success like that? What if the question was simple, as simple as this, what does it take to finish well? He said, what if the question was that? Because not many people do that. Not many people live faithful lives, obedient lives, all the way to the end. What if that marked us? And listen, here's my last word of encouragement to you. Some of you are thinking, okay, Tim, we got to be faithful. We got to obey. We got to endure so we can have unwavering trust. God has done that first. Here's where we see that. Psalm 42, verse 8. Here's how he ends it. He says, by, the, by day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. You see, God has been steadfast, enduring, patient, loyal to you. And that's where you get your source to be steadfast, loyal, faithful to him and to other people. Right? So don't hear today that, that you just got to white knuckle this thing and be more, be more faithful. No, God has already been faithful to you. That's what gives you the power to be faithful to him and others in your life right now. So you could have unwavering trust during unprecedented times as we have gritty prayer, foxhole friends, and passionate faithfulness sourced by passionate and faithful God. Hey, hey, let's pray together as we close out our time. We invite you to go through these discussion questions and, and enact what this looks like practically in your life. But let's pray together. Pray with me. Father in heaven, I thank you that in these unprecedented times, we can have unwavering trust in you. And God, we can have that not because we have all the the right answers, not because we can, can worry ourselves right in this circumstance or not so we can deny what's going on or, or self-preserve, but God, so we can just unleash all of our worry, fear, and anxiety to you and we can start 
unleashing as well love and, and service to those around us and to you as well. That you would take on, God, I pray right now that you would take on the, the fear and anxiety of the people in this living room right now and you would heal it, you would change it, and, and you would uh, conform it to the image of your son so that we might live like your son and, and love like your son to other people in these unprecedented times, so we might have an unwavering trust in you. Father, help us right now in this moment, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.